0: Fallout continues from the Washington Post targeting of a right-wing Twitter account. After a federal judge strikes down the CDC's mask mandate, the Biden administration announces it will appeal, and Florida targets Disney's special legal carve out. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy today at expressvpn.com. ben We'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, thanks to Joe Biden and Biden inflation, you're just spending too much money for everything. Not only are you spending too much money for everything, a lot of the places you spend your money are corporations that don't really like you very much. I'm talking like Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. You're spending a lot of money in those places every single month. What if you could like have your bill and also take that money and use it on a company that actually doesn't hate your guts? That's where Pure Talk comes in. It's time to ditch Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Pure Talk has the same 5G coverage as one of the big guys but saves the average family over 800 bucks a year. I made the switch, so what exactly are you waiting for? You can keep your number, keep your phone or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. They've got unlimited talk, text, 6 gigs of data. It's just 30 bucks a month or get unlimited data and still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Shapiro, you'll save 50% off your very first month of coverage. That is puretalk.com, promo code Shapiro. Pure Talk is simply Smarter Wireless. Again, save 50% off that very first month of coverage when you use promo code Shapiro, and you'll save hundreds of bucks down the road. puretalk.com. Stop spending your money with the big guys, take your money elsewhere. puretalk.com, promo code Shapiro. righty. so the media's worst person is a woman named Taylor Lorenz. Taylor Lorenz has been the worst person in media for quite a while. Basically, she has a pattern. Her pattern is to be incredibly offensive and target people and then whine incessantly when she herself is targeted, which is pretty pathetic. Yeah, as somebody who receives his fair share of internet hatred, who trends on Twitter once every three weeks or so, who was the number one recipient of all online anti-Semitism in 2015, 2016, I can safely say that Taylor Lorenz is a wimp. And not only is she a wimp, she's an aggressive wimp, which is the worst kind of wimp. She's the person who can throw a punch but can't take one. And what's worse, the punches that she throws are always down. You always hear from the left that you shouldn't punch down. You know, don't, don't pick somebody who is weaker than you are and go after them. Don't find somebody who's anonymous and then try to dox them. In fact, Taylor Lorenz herself, she has said that she is very anti-doxing. Doxing is the phenomenon where you find somebody anonymous and then you spill all the details of their personal life online in an attempt to destroy their lives. And Taylor Lorenz is very anti-doxing because she herself has been doxed. People have found her address and posted it online. People have posted details about her life. And so here she is, not all that long ago, complaining about doxing.
1: A bunch of people are asking if I'm gonna write about the West Helm Caleb story. No, I'm on book leave. I can't keep writing pieces for the New York Times. I literally do have a lot of deadlines but journalists who are writing about it, please speak to people with experience in online harassment. I'm not gonna lie, I've been pretty horrified by a lot of the media coverage of this. A lot of people are just aggregating some of the cruelest commentary online and whipping it all up into a news story with absolutely no comment from Caleb or nuance about the situation. The top story on Google yesterday was literally this House Beautiful story that doxes Caleb, puts his full name in the story, zero comment from this man, after this whole article gleefully encourages this online harassment and doxing campaign, they literally use him to sell West Elm furniture through affiliate links. Once again, commercializing a harassment and doxing campaign. I think the media needs a total wake-up call in the way that they cover online harassment. And this is just the latest example of
0: it. She is a bag and the of hot garbage. Be she is a bag of hot garbage. Everything that she says happens in that story is something she deliberately did in the Washington Post to a Twitter account called Libs of TikTok a couple of days ago. And she actually, there was an active link in that Washington Post article to the real estate license of the person whose account is Libs of TikTok, and that real estate license included a home address. There was a link in the story to that. That is a doxing attempt. There are all sorts of details about this person's personal life. She literally went to the doors of family members of this person and knocked on their doors. This is who Taylor Lorenz is, and then she complains about doxing. And then she complains about being victimized and harassed. You'll recall, because we played it literally yesterday, that Taylor Lorenz did a full story on MSNBC, complaining and whining and weeping over the fact that she'd been targeted online so much, which is just, I'm sorry, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. And then, you know what happened? After that segment, this is really funny, after that segment in which she herself went on camera voluntarily with a bunch of political allies who were extremely sympathetic to her complaints that people were being mean to her and hurting her feel-feels, Directly after that, she went on in, in the media and she whined that MSNBC had undercut her. I kid you not. This is from the New York Post. This is early April. This is like a couple of weeks ago. Quote, Washington Post tech columnist Taylor Loren slammed MSNBC's handling of a segment in which she detailed her experiences contending with online harassment, claiming the network botched the report so badly that it made the problem worse. In a segment airing last Friday, in MSNBC's Meet the Press Daily, Lorenz revealed that online harassment targeting her and her family caused her to experience severe PTSD and contemplate suicide in the recent past. The MSNBC coverage aimed to detail brutal harassment faced by female journalists, but Lorenz said she has faced even worse treatment since the segment went live. She tweeted, quote, if your segment or story on online harassment leads you to even worse online harassment for your subjects, you effed up royally and should learn how to cover these things properly before ever talking about them again. So in other words. You are so solipsistic and narcissistic. You spend all day looking into your own emotions that when you go on camera and somebody gives you the opportunity to whine about your emotions, and you do, and then people mock you for it because it's mockable and you're a ridiculous person. Then you go in the media and you rip the people who gave you the platform to whine about your life. And this is just pure Taylor Loren. She's been doing this for years. She's been targeting basically anonymous people, people who who didn't deserve the wrath of the New York Times where she used to work, or the Washington Post, where she now works. She's been doing this for years as a career. And then, by the way, crapping all over the New York Times, which stuck by her despite the fact that she is a garbage reporter who has spent her entire career basically highlighting videos from 16-year-olds. Taylor Lorenz is alternatively the 37 or 43, unclear what her age is, because she has said on Twitter she is 43. According to the wikis, she is 37 she has spent her entire career basically just complaining that everybody around her is the problem. When you complain that everybody around you is the problem, usually you are the problem. By the way, when she left the New York Times, she then promptly did a long interview with Vanity Fair in which she was the hero of the story. She complained, quote, I think people do not understand my beat. They don't take it seriously. She said this in an interview with Vanity Fair reflecting on the coverage area that's made her, at least to a certain generation, the must-read staffer at the Times. The reporter, who will join The Post as a columnist on the feature staff, said that in her role at The Times, she felt like she had to prove to people through her reporting that stories about the creator economy and emerging platforms were worth covering. There's not room for the commentary aspect, she said, of her current gig, but at The Post, She hopes to take her beat and blow it up bigger. And one thing you definitely don't want is Taylor Lorenz showing up your door being a a weird creeper, because that's that's what she does. One thing that can let you know if she is at your door is, of course, Ring. So for years, I've been telling you about Ring, and it allows you to know what's going on on your property at all times, including if garbage Washington Post reporters show up at your door for no apparent reason. Ring Alarm is even better. It's an award-winning home security system with available professional monitoring when you subscribe. Best of all, you can easily install it yourself. That's why I've teamed up with Ring. You've probably even heard me talk about how I use Ring Alarm to protect my home. Well, now I've gone pro with Ring Alarm Pro. Ring Alarm Pro is the next level security system. CNET calls Ring Alarm Pro a giant leap for home security after using it. I think they are totally right. Ring Alarm Pro helps protect my entire home and the Wi-Fi it runs on. With Ring Alarm Pro, Ring combined a home security system and a Wi-Fi router. So, This thing helps protect your home and your network. Now, I have a secure network with a crazy strong signal for all the devices across my home. If you're anything like me, that is a lot of devices. So now, when I'm out or traveling, I know everything at home is protected and connected and that it will stay that way. With a Ring Protect Pro subscription, which is an amazing deal, by the way, I get professional monitoring for the ultimate peace of mind. If anything happens, professional monitoring will call and can request emergency services. I've been using Ring myself for years to protect my family. You should do the same. Ring has that award-winning alarm. That's why I've teamed up with Ring, and I've gone pro with that Ring Alarm Pro. You should do it too. Go to ring.com forward slash Ben. Again, that's ring.com forward slash Ben to get started and go pro with that Ring Alarm Pro today. Ring.com forward slash Ben. So the way that she decided to blow it up bigger is by doing a large story for the Washington Post, trying to unmask the most evil account on Twitter which happens to be an account run by an Orthodox Jewish woman. It is called Libs of TikTok. Okay, The Libs of TikTok account, for those who have not seen it, is one of the better accounts on Twitter. The reason it is one of the better accounts on Twitter is the entire Twitter account is just clips of Libs on TikTok and on Twitter. That's it. The entire account is people who publicly post their own stupidity on TikTok, talking about how they have come out as gender-fluid pansexuals to seven-year-old kids, and then libs of TikTok will take that clip and put it on Twitter. That's the entire thing. So people put their stuff up publicly and libs of TikTok notices. That's what they do. That's all they do. It just notices. That account notices things. So it notices that def- that that Brooklyn liberal dad will post something about how Trump is evil and Hitlerian 2 years ago because he does X. And then Biden does X today and then the same account celebrates it. And Libs of TikTok has been kicked off of Twitter for this great sin. Again, the only thing the account does, this is the amazing thing, all the account does is just puts a spotlight on things that people themselves are saying. That's it. That's all it does. And so people like me in the media follow Libs of TikTok because it brings to light a bunch of TikTok videos I am not going to spend the time going through. I follow a lot of people on Twitter. I follow probably 250, 300 people on Twitter. But Libs of TikTok is one of the more productive accounts because again, they just let the left speak in their own words. And this is what drives the ire. This is what drives the rage. Libs of TikTok must be unmasked. Now, at no point does Taylor Lorenz or anyone at the Washington Post think, you know, perhaps the reason we should examine why Libs of TikTok is popular is because it has an outsized influence in that the left is so off the rails that it's very easy to find multiple TikTok videos a day demonstrating how crazy they are. Instead, it is, Who is this evil person who's noticing? And this really goes to a couple of major points about the legacy media. One, the problem is you. The problem is never them. The problem is you. They do something radical. The left does something radical. You notice, you're the problem. That's all Libs of TikTok talk. It just just notices, that's all. So Libs of TikTok is bad because you noticed, right? We are all bad. If we notice that Latoya Raveneau over at Disney says that there is a not at all secret gay agenda in children's programming at Disney. The problem is not her saying that or Disney putting that on an all-hands call or Disney mainlining a bunch of leftism into their programming. None of that's the problem. The problem is you noticed. When Joe Biden is being steered out of the way of reporters by an Easter bunny, the problem is not that we have a senile president being steered out of the way by a fictional character. That's not the problem. The problem is you noticed. And so Libs of TikTok noticed. So that's problem number one. Problem number two, is that when it comes to the legacy media, anyone who opposes their agenda must be unmasked and their life must be torn apart. And this is nothing new. And this goes all the way back to Joe the plumber, Joe Wurzelbacher, over in Ohio, circa 2008. You'll recall that Barack Obama was walking around his neighborhood in Ohio and Joe Wurzelbacher started asking him about tax policy. And this meant that Joe, plumber Joe, was a bad man. He was a very bad man. And so we had to uncover all of his real estate liens. We had to go through his business history. We had to go through his personal life. We had to unmask everything about him. It was deeply important we know who he was. Barack Obama never had to answer the question. The problem was that Joe Wurzelbacher noticed. And so we need to know who Joe Wurzelbacher is. It's the exact same thing here at the Washington Post. So this is a very, very long piece about the evils of Libs of TikTok. Quote, on March 8th, a Twitter account called Libs of TikTok posted a video of a woman teaching sex education to children in Kentucky, calling the woman in the video a predator. The next evening, the same clip was featured on Laura Ingram's Fox News program, pro- prompting the host to ask, when did our public cent- our schools, any schools, become what are essentially grooming centers for gender identity radicals? Now, notice one thing that Taylor Lorenz doesn't do at the top. Quote, what this woman actually did. Right, what this educator actually did. She runs a, quote, sexy summer camp for children in Kentucky and says in the video, she believes that it is good for toddlers to masturbate. So, here is how Taylor Lorenz characterizes that. Quote, a woman teaching sex education to children in Kentucky. Does that sound like an accurate depiction of that video to you? Because Taylor Lorenz is garbage and her reporting is a, bu- a steaming, heaping pile of horse dung. But she continues along these lines. Libs of TikTok repost a steady stream of TikTok videos and social media posts, primarily from LGBTQ plus minus quotation mark, caret, command signal, option signal, tilde, people often including incendiary framing designed to generate outrage. Oh, my God. Can you believe that someone on Twitter would post framing? That they would frame stories? You know, maybe like Taylor Lorenz is framing this story right now. Can you imagine such a thing? Videos shared from the account quickly find their way to the most influential names in right-wing media. That's true. I retweet this account a lot. The account has emerged as a powerful force on the internet, shaping right-wing media, impacting anti-LGBTQ plus IA minus divided by sign, percentage sign legislation, and influencing millions by posting viral videos aimed at inciting outrage among the right. The anonymous account's impact is deep and far-reaching. Its content is amplified by high-profile media figures, politicians, right-wing influencers. Yeah, you you already said that. Libs of TikTok is basically acting as a wire service for the broader right-wing media ecosystem, said Ari Drennan, LGBTQ program director for Media Matters. So, Taylor Lorenz is angry at Libs of TikTok on the basis of Media Matters, a wild left organization whose only goal in life is to just destroy anyone who opposes the left politically. They generate grassroots, non-grassroots, astroturfed boycotts. They spend all day, Media Matters, hiring people to just watch shows like this one and then clip things out of context. That's all they do all day long. Well, the media might target you any day now for having the wrong political views. You have enough worries in life. One of your biggest worries that mortgage. Why not get that mortgage rate lowered? So here is the thing. All the interest rates are rising right now. Mortgage rates are rising as well. So if you're waiting around thinking you're going to get a better mortgage rate anytime in the near future, you are thinking the wrong way. This is why you should be contacting my friends over at American Financing today. American Financing is America's home for home loans. You'll learn about custom loans that can save you up to a 1000 bucks a month. That is right, every single month. From lower rates to shorter terms, even debt consolidation, their salary-based mortgage consultants can do all of it. They'll never charge you upfront or hidden fees, so why not learn more? If you like what you hear, you can pre-qualify for free, possibly skip two mortgage payments. You might close in as fast as 10 days. Just call 866-721-3300. That's 866-721-3300. 3,300, or visit AmericanFinancing.net, NMLS 182-334, consumeraccess.org Again, that's AmericanFinancing.net, or give them a call at eight six six seven two one thirty three hundred. You can't afford not to at least take a look and find out whether you could save money on that mortgage. Head on over to AmericanFinancing.net to get started today. Once again, that is AmericanFinancing.net. By the way, the sources Taylor Lorenz cites in this piece, she cites Media Matters, I believe, twice. She cites Somebody from the ACLU, right? She just finds a bunch of left-wing sources to talk about how evil this account is. The role I've seen this account playing is finding new characters for right-wing propaganda, said Jillian Brandstetter, a media strategist for the ACLU. It's relying on the endless stream of content from TikTok and the internet to cast any individual trans person as a new villain in their story. How dare libs of TikTok take your publicly viewed video and make it more public? But you might ask, when you post things on TikTok, aren't you seeking attention? Yes, but this is the wrong kind of attention. The only type of attention that will be allowed here is the echo chamber that celebrates your stupid identification as a transsexual polymorphous kitten. If you if you if you don't if you don't celebrate that, if you if you don't have an account that's talking about how great this is, if you're just libs of TikTok posting it and then saying this looks kind of crazy, then that means that you are very very bad. So, who is this person? Her name is Haya Reich. She's been working as a real estate salesperson in Brooklyn. When in early November 2020, she created the account that would eventually become libs of TikTok. Under her first handle, she minimized COVID. My God. My God. Uh, But by the way, what is the evidence she minimized COVID? She tweeted, quote, why I love COVID. Stays away till 10 p.m. so we can go about our lives during the day. This is because she's talking about the curfews. Doesn't infect Santas because Santas weren't forced to mask up. Doesn't spread if you're rioting or looting. Doesn't show up to BLM protests. Immunized Gavin Newsom with magic. That is not minimizing COVID, you moron. That is her specifically saying that you guys minimize COVID. When it is convenient to you. She, it says she cast doubt on the election results. She's, she must be some sort of election truther, right? And that, that's that's what we're being told. Oh my God, what did she do? She, tw- she retweeted a tweet from Doug Collins one time. Unbelievable. Retweeted a Doug Collins tweet, casting doubt on the election. Just shocking, shocking stuff. Incredible. By the way, you know what that, that tweet was? An additional 2,700 votes were discovered in Fayette County. Care to comment, GA Secretary of State. Wow, brutal election denial. On November 23rd, 2020, Raychick changed handles, this time going by Shia Ray, identifying herself publicly as a real estate investor in Brooklyn. She began doubling down on election fraud conspiracies using QAnon-related language. What is this QAnon-related language? I mean, this is just Taylor Lorenz being one of the, I mean, she's the world's worst journalism, world's worst journalisming person. Okay, so, what exactly did she tweet that was so bad? Here's what she tweeted. Eric Trump had tweeted, quote, Biden lost 212 more counties than Obama did in 2012. Yet Biden magically gained 13 million more votes than Obama, please. Hashtag rigged election. And she tweeted, America doesn't buy it. Hashtag rigged election. Hashtag MAGA. How is that QAnon related language exactly? If you use the word rigged, this is now QAnon? And then she joked about launching a clothing line titled, Voter Fraud is Real. Brutal, terrible, horrifying. Right, so, so Chick is super bad. And then, and then she railed against Governor Andrew Cuomo, calling for him to resign. Wow, I mean, that would, wait, didn't he resign? She promoted the efforts to recall Gavin Newsom. I mean, didn't he get voted on in a recall? She began posting about Governor Ron DeSantis calling him actually brilliant. Then, she created a parody account titled Houseplant POTUS, pretending to tweet as if she was a houseplant living with President Biden. Yeah, by the way, I'm going to take credit for that one. I've been calling him President Houseplant since he took office. So Chaya definitely 100% listened to the show and then started the account Houseplant POTUS, which is really funny. She revamped her avatar to look like a small shrub with Biden's face on the leaves. Brutal, the vicious stuff, just vicious. At that point in time, she also claimed to be proudly Orthodox Jewish, live in Brooklyn and work in real estate in her Twitter bio. Well, I mean, it was definitely important to mention her religious practices. That was really, really important. If she'd been Muslim, I'm sure you would have featured that. You're not going out of your way to just be like, those Orthodox Jews and their Jewish Jewishness. By the way, I'm proudly Orthodox Jewish. Print it in your story. I don't care. But the houseplant parody never took off. On April 19th, 2021, she pivoted her accounts once again, this time to the libs of TikTok. Just four months after getting started, libs of TikTok got its first big break. Joe Rogan started promoting it. Her anti-trans tweets went especially viral. She called on her followers to contact schools, allowing boys and girls bathrooms. Wow, how dare she? and pushed the false conspiracy theory that schools were installing litter boxes in bathrooms for children who identify as cats. What? Um, Huh? <laughs> then she started directly impacting legislation because it turns out that Rhonda Sands' press secretary, Christina Peshaw, credited the account with opening her eyes. Y- yes, by featuring stuff. L- again, this article just goes on and on and on because... She's, she's so evil. So Taylor Lorenz has to go after her and tracks down her family and links directly to her real estate license, which puts her address on there. So the Washington Post, it's amazing how many of these dumbass legacy media outlets will keep hiring Taylor Lorenz and then be burned by Taylor Lorenz and then have to defend Taylor Lorenz. So they print this garbage. The editor should be fired to put this out, by the way. And the Cameron Barr, the senior managing editor, put out a statement, quote, Taylor Lorenz is an accomplished and diligent journalist. Fact checked false. You guys should all lose your jobs. Just for for that statement alone, that she is an accomplished and diligent journalist, I don't think you know what words mean. She is not accomplished, she is not diligent, and she is not a journalist. So what that statement really should say is Taylor Lorenz is a. That's what that sentence should read. That would be the true statement. But according to the Washington Post, she's an accomplished and diligent journalist whose reporting methods comport entirely with the Washington Post professional standards. Well, that part doesn't shock me at all. I'm sure they do comport with your garbage professional standards. Chaya Rechik, in her management of the libs of TikTok, Twitter account, and in media interviews has had significant impact on public discourse. Her identity had become public knowledge on social media. We did not publish to or link to any details about her personal life. That last part is just a lie. They put a link in the story, again, to her real estate brokerage account, which went to her home address, and then they removed it. So the question is, why did they remove it? If this comported with all of your all of your standards, why did you remove it? And the answer is you removed it because you knew that you were wrong. The whole point here is not really about Libs of TikTok. The real point here is not really about Chaya Rechek, who tweeted yesterday, quote, words cannot express how appreciative I am of the support I'm receiving right now. Thankfully, I'm currently held up in a safe location. I'm confident we'll get through this and come out even stronger. Grateful for all the thoughts and prayers. It's not really about Chaya Rechek. This is about intimidating all the possible prospective Chaya Recheks out there who might have the temerity to notice what you're doing. That's all. It's just about them trying to intimidate you. That's what the the legacy media are in the intimidation game. This is what they do. They do it to big corporations. They'll run pieces every single day about why Disney is bad until Disney caves and then gets involved in a political conflict they had no business getting involved in. And then when Disney gets smacked by Ron DeSantis in Florida, then the media jump in and say, how dare anyone say something bad about Disney? After spending months saying, Disney's silence is deafening on the don't say gay bill. The media are an intimidation thugocracy. That's all they are. They're just a giant club on behalf of the left. And they will go after you. And that's the point. Because Chaya Rachik will survive. And that account will continue to thrive. And it'll have more followers now than it did yesterday. But the point is to make you shut up. Because if you don't shut up, then who knows, they could come after you too. As I say, the legacy media is in the intimidation game. They are nausea-inducing. Well, let's say that you wanted to fight that nausea, not just by canceling your subscription to the Washington Post, which you probably should do, but also by actually just fighting nausea. Well, good news for you. You can use Relief ban. It's a great product. My wife uses it. My sister has been using it. Relief ban is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband. ban. It has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemo, and so much more. The way it works is actually really cool. It's one of these devices. It's kind of like magic. It stimulates a nerve in the wrist. It travels to the part of the brain that controls your nausea. Then it blocks the signal your brain is sending to your stomach telling you that you are sick. It's like the name says. It is a band that you wear on your wrist, and it gives you relief, which is just excellent branding, I got to tell you. The technology was originally developed 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve patients from nausea. Now, through relief band, it's available to the masses. When my sister was suffering from morning sickness during her pregnancy, she was using relief band like all the time. Do not let the fear of nausea prevent you from being present for life's important moments right now. Join the over 100,000 Relief Band users with an exclusive offer just for Ben Shapiro listeners. Head on over to ReliefBand.com, use promo code Shapiro, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping, no questions asked, 30-day money back guarantee. It's better to have a Relief Band and not need it than need it and not have it. So head on over to ReliefBand.com, that's R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com, use promo code Shapiro for 20% off plus free shipping. Okay, meanwhile, the Biden administration continues to demonstrate its complete political buffoonery. It's amazing. So a federal judge yesterday ruled, or two days ago, ruled that the Biden mask mandate via the CDC did not comport with the enabling laws of the CDC. So when you create a regulation, there's a very specific process you are supposed to go through with a notice and comment period. It's supposed to be rolled out in advance of the regulation, and then you formally roll out the regulation. Now, if you want to issue an emergency regulation, you can do that, but you can also initiate a, a full formal Regulation review period. And so, what this allows you to do is you put out the emergency regulation, which only lasts for, say, 60 days. And in that 60 days, you do the notice and comment. And then, the minute that the emergency regulation sunsets, then you already have another regulation ready to go. The Biden administration didn't do that. They put in place the CDC regulation forcing everybody on any sort of federal transport to mask. And they did this on an emergency basis to demonstrate that they knew it was an emergency and they didn't bother to do any of the rest of it. So a federal judge struck that down. So the federal judge in Florida made two separate rulings in this one ruling. One was that the CDC didn't follow its own regulatory procedure. That is absolutely true and perfectly clear. The second was that the CDC really did not have the power to do this in general. Now, that one is a little bit more controversial. You can argue maybe the CDC has the power to issue these sort of broad scale statute uh, regulatory restrictions with regard to federal travel, although really that you would think that should be under the FAA's jurisdiction. But it's pretty clear that the judge was correct that the CDC had not followed its own protocols. So immediately upon this happening, it became unclear what the Biden administration was going to do because everybody in the United States has been unmasking for months. Nobody wants to wear these dumb masks anymore, particularly the cloth masks that, again, there is no evidence they do anything whatsoever. Okay, but the bottom line is that the American public had been moving very much against the masking up in public spaces for a long time because everybody has either had Omicron or a vaccine or both at this point. I was vaccinated and I probably also had Omicron like that. That's that's a common experience for folks at this point. And so immediately, pretty much every major transportation company started lifting their own mask mandates. So Uber and Lyft, for example, stopped requiring U.S. riders or drivers to wear masks. Uber said in an email, masks are no longer required, but they are recommended. Well, you know, what? Whoever who cares what you recommend? No, no one cares what Uber says about recommendations. And airlines started to put out statements saying the same thing. So Joe Biden was left with a bit of a conundrum. What to do? Because it turns out that the Biden administration has been on the wrong side of the American public on this particular issue. They've been claiming that you need to mask up two-year-olds for no apparent reason. They can't answer why. So Joe Biden yesterday was asked about all of this, and he said, you know what? It's up to the people to decide. Which should have been the line all along, right? You remember when we used to live in a free country and that was usually the go-to? Up to the people to decide? Do
1: people continue to wear masks on planes? It's up to them.
0: It's up to them. It's up to them. Okay. Except it's not. So here is what happened. As soon as this federal ruling came down, there was a, a massive level of confusion inside the administration over what to do. Because no one in the administration actually wanted to just acquiesce to the federal judge. But at the same time, they understood that this was a really bad policy. So there was there was a bunch of sort of conflict inside the administration. Nobody wanted to be the person who came out and either appealed the decision, which would try and replace the mask mandate and put a new mask mandate in place or come out and just endorse the, the judge's decision. So confusion reigned, and it particularly reigned because folks in the media cannot handle this, particularly on MSNBC. There are a bunch of mask forever, COVID zero insane people who have now been infused with panic, like, and, and it's a syndrome at this point, point. and they become addicted to the panic, and they could not handle the possibility that you, shouldn't, you should be able to not mask your two-year-old on a plane. They could not handle it. Over on MSNBC, they were losing their bleep. I mean, just losing it. So, for example, you had MSNBC's Carol Lee saying the Democrats looked weak after Biden didn't do anything about the travel mask ruling. So he had to look strong, strong, force those people to mask. They're
2: trying to walk this line of there are Democrats that I've spoken to who said, look, the president looks weak here. He could have come out and owned this moment, this transition in the country where people are taking off their masks on transportation. He didn't do that. Instead, he's being
1: led by the courts.
0: Um, so instead what happened again, and this became kind of the talking point, the left was like, why won't Biden do anything? Why won't he protect us? Okay. So they all still believe religiously in the cultic lie that Joe Biden was going to protect them from COVID. After more people have died under Biden from COVID than under Trump and Biden had a working vaccine, they still believe that Biden has the magical ability to protect them from COVID by simply issuing federal regulations, which demonstrates the magical thinking that infuses the left. If government says something will happen, it must definitely happen. It'll definitely happen. And then folks on the left started virtue signaling by posting photos of themselves wearing masks. I am a good person. I am a person who still cares about tuscience. science. Now, listen, with the mask mandate gone, guess what? You can still wear your mask if you wish to look like a moron and do nothing to protect your own health. Sure, I mean, you can do that, I suppose. I and mean, up to you, I don't really care. Frankly, it's a great ID badge for who's a COVID crazy person unless you have some sort of significant underlying condition. Uh, And I mean, like really, really significant if you're talking about Omicron. So if you you wish to continue with this, by all means do so. I'm perfectly happy to walk around society and know immediately who you are with just a moment's glance. But all these people were acting as though they were world-breaking heroes for wearing masks now. Because it, it is worth noting, the left really does not understand the difference between compulsory and optional. They don't understand. For the left, you know, T.H. White, so our third Thursday book club this month, we're doing the Once and Future King. There's a very famous line from the Once in Future King where T.H. White is talking about the nature of fasc- fascism. And he says, everything not compulsory is forbidden. All right. So everything is either compulsory or forbidden. Those are the only two categories. Because when it comes to totalitarianism, that's true. Either you are forced to do something or you're forced not to do something, but there's no option in the middle where you could do it or you couldn't do it. So for folks on the left, they literally, do, it, it does not compute to them that if you remove a mandate, you are now not mandating that everybody take off the mask. So they all start tweeting as though they are some sort of like French underground resistance to the evil anti-maskers. So Valerie Jarrett posted a photo of herself as a former Obama chief of staff, quote, wearing my mask no matter what non-scientists tell me I can do. I mean, first of all, a lot of scientists tell you you can do it. And you seem to be a non-scientist. And by the way, none of the mask mandates actually mandated that you wear a KN95 or N95, so far as I'm aware. She's wearing, I believe, a KN95 in that particular photo. She actually is one of the lesser crazy people. The most crazy person, of course, is Roland Martin. So Roland Martin put out an all-time tweet. Very, very strong stuff from Roland Martin. Roland Martin, who's the host of Unfiltered, a daily digital show, he took a picture of himself on a plane wearing a Roland Martin unfiltered hat and a Roland Martin unfiltered sweatshirt, just so you know that he's Roland Martin from Unfiltered. Which, by the way, I just have to say, as a person with a rather large show, I tend not to wear the gear of my own show because my face is the ad for, for my own show. And the, literally the only time I can remember wearing a, a piece of gear of my own show was on Purim to mock myself. That's pretty much the only time. Okay, so he's wearing a hat that says Roland Martin unfiltered and a sweatshirt that says Roland Martin unfiltered, just in case case you missed one, in case you were like half blind, in case you're wearing bifocals. And in this picture, he is wearing, I kid you not, a mask that goes all the way around his face, earphones, I don't know why, maybe to protect his ears, and goggles. So he looks like he's going to the shooting range, but he's got a mask on also. And here's what he tweeted, quote, I don't give a damn what some grossly unqualified Donald Trump judge said. I'm double masked and wearing goggles on this Nashville to D.C. flight. I had COVID in December. Y'all can kiss my ass about me not wanting it again. And any fool saying they don't matter is a damn liar. Well, but I, I have a question. A couple, actually. One, you already had COVID, natural immunity. Two, weren't you doing this before you had COVID in December? Like if this has been your consistent stance, that masking and goggles prevent COVID, you had COVID in December in your tweet. And now you're saying that if you say that these things don't help and don't matter, you're a fool. But you did this before and then you got COVID, which kind of means that it didn't matter so much for you. But again, the, the broader point from the left is that they will not be compelled to... No one's trying to compel you to unmask, you idiots. But... For them, if it's not being compelled by government, it simply doesn't matter. And so the scientific crew over at MSNBC, again, and they are just going nuts. MSNBC's Dr. Patel says, you know what you should do? You should really carry extra masks with you. And you should ask all the people around you to mask up, which will make you the most unpopular person on a plane. Now, listen, I've been the most unpopular person on a plane before. Not really because of my politics, but because I have many small children and sometimes they just scream the whole flight. But if you want to be less popular than the person with the screaming child who's changing diapers in the middle of the flight. Be the person who carries an extra bag of masks and ask everyone around you to mask up because you're a paranoid lunatic. Here is a Dr. Patel.
1: The best thing they can do, high quality masks, and that when possible, carry some extra masks. I know this sounds crazy. Yes. But if you tell someone next to you on a plane, pay a 95 and just say, or surgical mask, and just say, I've got an elderly mother at home. I've got a child with cancer at home. Will you please do me a favor? having the people at least closest to you in that row, protecting yourself and them can be the best safety. So carry some extra masks with you, carry some rapid tests with you if you're traveling.
0: Okay, so it's these crazies who are running the Biden administration. Why? Because it turns out that people were really, really happy about unmasking. There was a video going around yesterday, It was hysterical, of a a black flight attendant who's walking down the aisle as the announcement is made, and he literally starts singing out loud that it's time to take the mask off and people break into wild applause. Here's what it sounded like. (laughs) (laughs) But the Biden administration can't just take the L or even the mild W. Because if they had just been like, you know what, they're right. You know, it's time to move on. We wouldn't have done it this way. But the truth is we did get past COVID and that was us. They could take like half credit, but they can't even take half credit. Because they're so in the colons of these people. It's unreal. And these people are, they're lunatics. I got to tell you, Robin Given has an entire piece over at the Washington Post t- titled, Whoops of Selfish Delight. Whoops of Selfish Delight. For the moment, there are squeals of unbridled delight, which aren't so much a reflection of just how onerous the mask mandate has been, but rather just how childish and selfish so much of the country has been in dealing with it. We are the good people. We're virtuous. It wasn't that we were doing stupid virtue signaling nonsense for years on end. No, we were the good people. We're good. And we're going to continue wearing them. We're just, you stop this. Stop it right now. It's it's the most pathetic thing. Robin Given's social media has been full of examples of airline passengers turning petulant and violent over mask rules. As if in time before masks, people had been able to party like the wolves of Wall Street on planes, and now suddenly they were being forced to strap into a teeny tiny seat with limited legroom and survive on bags of miniature pretzels. Masks are uncomfortable, but there are so many other aspects of flying that have been awful for a very long time. Most of those long-term terrible circumstances resulted from airlines simply trying to raise revenue. Capitalism is to blame. But the shouts of joy are a reminder that after everything people have been through collectively over these past two years... We are emerging from the darkness, still as absorbed by our individual circumstances as ever. We complain bitterly about having to wear a mask as a benefit to others. See, the left loved this. They loved COVID lockdowns. They loved COVID mindset because COVID mindset was the collective, you see. I wear a mask to protect you and you wear a mask to protect me. And it doesn't really matter if the mask protects anybody. It's about the signal of it. It's about the fact that if you don't wear the mask, it's because you are a selfish jackass. But I I am good. I am, I am deserving. I am worthy of the heaven to come. I've earned points in the non-existent governmental afterlife because I've worn that. And not only that, now that I am such a good person, I will force everyone around me to mask. It's not selfish of me to force everybody around me to mask. It's selfish of you to not mask. Very reminiscent of of left-wing economic policy. It's not selfish of me to insist that you pay all of my bills. That's collectivism, my friend. It is selfish of you to insist that you keep your own money. Okay, so the DOJ didn't have to engage in any of this. The DOJ instead decided that they were going to fight back. Quote, is the Justice Department statement. The U.S. Department of Justice today released the following statement on Health Freedom Defense Fund, Inc. versus Biden. The DOJ and the CDC disagree with the district court's decision and will appeal, subject to the CDC's conclusion that the order remains necessary for public health. The department continues to believe the order requiring masking in the transportation corridor is a valid exercise of the authority Congress has given CDC to protect the public health. So I I do love that they are now basically going back to the CDC and throwing it at the CDC that they're kind of have they're kind of splitting the baby here. They're saying we'll only appeal if the CDC says we should appeal. Now we'll see if the CDC doubles down. But it is pretty fascinating. And again, in 1 second we'll get to Jen Psaki, who had to spend the day yesterday trying to defend a CDC mandate that nobody wants because these people are so, they're in their bubble. They're in the, they're in the Washington Post Taylor Lorenz bubble. This is where they live. Well, if you want something good, never go to the Biden administration. And if you want an auto part, never go to your auto parts store. Because here's the thing. You're going to go to that auto parts store. You're going to wait in line, get to the front of the line. And you're going to ask for an auto part. And they're going to be like, what kind of car do you have? And they're like, a thousand types of car. They're not going to have the part. They're just going to order it online, make you wait two weeks, and then finally upcharge you 30, 50, even 100%. Or you could just order the thing online yourself at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com only sells auto parts and related tools. They've been doing it for 20 years. Their unique intuitive catalog includes photos, specs, installation tips that make it easy to choose the correct parts for your specific vehicle. They not only have the auto parts you need, they'll give you a selection of trusted name brands to choose from. You can pick brakes that match how you use your vehicle, whether that's for towing racing or just commuting to work. You get suspension, exhaust, air conditioning, and other kits that provide all the parts you need for a successful repair. RockAuto.com has lots of parts you might expect would only be available at car dealerships if they're available at all. Like the fan inside your seat that cools your butt when you're in the car. Like rockauto.com actually sells that thing. Rockauto.com prices, they're reliably low. That means they don't change prices based on what the market will bear like airlines or marketplace sites do. Head on over to rockauto.com for your auto parts. Write Shapiro in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you again. That's rockauto.com. Write Shapiro in that how did you hear about us box so they know that you were sent by this show. Alrighty, sports are not the place for politics or virtue signaling. NBA star Jonathan Isaac is one of the few professionals who actually knows this. He faced heavy criticism from the media for not buying into the Black Lives Matter lie that he had to kneel for the national anthem to demonstrate that America was systemically racist. Jonathan is a brave dude. That's why I'm extremely excited to announce he has decided to release a book with the Daily Wire. It's called Why I Stand. Jonathan's book is about the rise of his basketball career, his journey into faith, his strength to stand alone in the face of immense pressure. The book is available for pre-order right now at Amazon. Reserve your copy today. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. So all the Biden administration has to do with this federal judge ruling is basically just look the other way. They blew it right? they had an opportunity to lead on this thing and they didn't. Instead, they were so intimidated by their own crazy left wing base that they were still trying to push mask mandates for two year olds on federal flights while relieving a title 42, which basically says that illegal immigrants can't come into the country if they might have COVID. So at the same time that COVID was not an issue on our border, it was an issue on airplanes, which have HEPA filters and for small children. So Jen Psaki has been asked about all of this, and she just can't, she can't escape it because the logic is inescapable. You guys don't know what you are doing. So Jen Psaki yesterday, she says she's going to continue to advise all Americans to mask on airplanes. But wait, I was told literally yesterday that you have no opinion on masking because you, of course, are not a medical source. She literally said that yesterday in the White House press room because Peter Doocy asked her, why don't we have to mask here? But you're saying that people should mask on airplanes. She's like, well, I'm no doctor. Well, here she is announcing that you should mask on an airplane based on, I don't know, her red hair. Like, I just don't know what she's basing this on.
1: The CDC continues to uh, advise and recommend masks on airplanes. We're abiding by the CDC recommendations. The president is, and we would advise all Americans to do that.
0: Oh, well, you know, she, well, you would advise, you advise. No no one's taking your advice because your advice is stupid. Also, she was then asked about the fact that there are so many Americans. I mean, there's all sorts of stories of people on planes unmasking and cheering. Because it turns out nobody likes wearing these things. And we were willing to wear them when we thought that we were seriously at risk. It turns out that since the presence of the vaccines, those who are vaccinated don't die. Those who are not vaccinated have a higher chance of dying. Still the vast majority of them, I mean like 99%, don't die. And also they chose not to get the vaccine. Okay, but, but here she is saying, you know, we can't cite anecdotes. Anecdotes are not data. I, I love this coming from Jen Psaki, whose entire political perspective is anecdotal. All of it. As we will see in just a moment, when it comes to the left, everything that they do is rooted in anecdotal nonsense, not rooted in data. But here's just anecdotes aren't data. So, you know, if you if you get headaches from from wearing a mask for five hours on a cross-country flight and you have to deal with the screaming toddler who's wiping their nose with their mask, that's just anecdotes, man. That is, then data.
3: You saw a lot of Americans, you know, immediately pulling off their masks and airplanes, very happy about the change. Uh, Is the administration concerned that the the public is is moving on, you know, without the CDC and uh, that the country is in a different place where the administration is? Well,
1: well, I've seen those videos. Anecdotes are not data. Right. Um, And certainly that does tell a part of the story. um, But we don't make these decisions based on politics or based on the political whims on a plane or even in a poll.
0: Oh, well, um, yeah, uh, except for the fact that nobody wants to do this anymore. Like the polling data show that people are not into the mask mandates. Well, here's the thing. They are in maybe some heavy blue areas. There must be some political incentive here. Either that or the media have these people so wrapped around their little finger that they'll just repeat anything. Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, he says we're still going to do mask mandates on city subways. First of all, you have a better chance at this point. Thanks to the presence of Omicron, you probably have a better chance of catching herpes or being stabbed on a city subway in New York or thrown in front of a train than you do of dying because you got COVID on a city subway in New York. But here's Eric Adams.
2: We are going to continue uh, to encourage New Yorkers uh, to he's wear He's outdoors. On subway, he's in the middle of and nowhere. We believe
0: that we have the authorization to do so. He's literally standing with no one on any side of him, wearing a mask. Now you've seen a lot of videos of Eric Adams in pretty close proximity with people over the past few months, wearing no mask, right? But because he's announcing his fealty to the masks, his his cultic loyalty to the mask, he's going to wear the mask now to prove to you because he is a member of the virtuous. Guys, keep doing this seriously. Keep it up. You're doing great. You're just doing great. By the way, how not great is the Biden administration doing? Apparently, the Biden administration, thanks to blowback, is now considering not repealing Title 42. So after a couple of weeks of saying we are going to repeal Title 42, the time has come. We need to open up our border. It turns out that every Senate Democrat who's in a vulnerable position was like, "Uh, guys, we're going to lose our seats if you stop Title 42. So what is Joe Biden doing? He futzed around and now he's snapping Title 42 back into place, perhaps. Quote, is Axios. President Biden's inner circle has been discussing delaying the repeal of Title 42 border restrictions, according to a source with direct knowledge of the internal discussion. The White House is looking for ways to buy time to avoid a massive influx of migrants that would add to already historic border numbers that already endangers Democratic incumbents in states that could decide the Senate majority in November. Biden officials recognize they're in a jam. Moderate Democrats are pounding on them to delay the repeal, but doing so would inflame the party's progressive base. Oh, poor babies. That includes members of the Congressional Hispanic Caucus who are scheduled to meet with the president next Monday. I do love that they are more beholden to the Congressional Hispanic Caucus than to actual Hispanic voters who are running screaming with their hair on fire away from the Democratic Party at this point. The Biden administration officials have been arguing to their Democratic allies that keeping Title 42 allows for less immigration enforcement. They say that because Title 42 is a rapid expulsion, migrants are free to try to reenter. But once Title 42 is lifted, the administration will properly process migrants. Yeah, sure. That's, that's going to that's gonna work. So it's um, hilarious to watch the Democrats caught between their progressive base and reality. But that, that vice grip, I, I think that the Democrats just can't escape. Not only can they not escape it, the vice grip is going to tighten, which is why November 2022 is going to be extremely ugly for Joe Biden. And him going out there and just sort of rambling his usual nostrums is not going to help in any significant way. The reaper is coming. The political reaper is coming for these folks. So Joe Biden is going to continue to try to trot this thing out. So yesterday, he did another one of these speeches, and he's just so tired, and he's just so old, and everything he says is so tired and old. He and his rhetoric have now merged everything he does and everything he is. They are the same. They are senile, old nonsense. So yesterday, he started talking about inflation again. He says, you know,
3: the first big reason for inflammatory is cavity-boot-bad-bad-a-covid.
2: at covid let us be absolutely clear about why we have such high prices now. There are two reasons. First was COVID. The way the global economy works, if a factory in Vietnam makes computer ships and shuts down in Vietnam because of a COVID outbreak, it causes a ripple effect to slow down manufacturing in Detroit, where they need those, those semiconductors to build the automobiles. So because of the pandemic, we had disruptions in our supply of important materials. So prices went up. Yeah, because we
0: the Weird, because uh, the prices went up in Europe, like way less than they did in the United States. So if it's just the pandemic, then you would expect it to be the same, but it's not. But Biden has another reason, someone else to blame. He says inflation is up because of Putin a bag of day. So here he is talking about Vladimir Putin. And
2: the second big reason for inflation is Vladimir Putin. Not a joke. Yes, a joke. Putin's invasion of Ukraine has driven up gas prices and food prices all over the world. Two major breadbaskets of wheat in the world were Ukraine and Russia. The United States is number three, and Canada, number four. Well, we saw the most recent inflation data. Last month, about 70% of the increase in inflation was a consequence of Putin's price hike because of the impact on gas and
0: energy prices. By the way, he tweeted this out today. He said.
3: I know families are still struggling with higher pedango prices. I grew up in a family where if the price of gas went up, we felt it. That was right before my dad said, Joey, you see those two gay men having sex on a corner in Scranton, Pennsylvania. in <laughs> I'm never going to get over that story. Joe Biden used to tell that story like, a lot, right? When he was a little boy, his father said, Joey, you see those two gay men kissing on a corner in Scranton, Pennsylvania in 1957. That's love, Joey.
0: Every Every Biden story that begins with, Joe, my dad said, Joey, everything that comes after that is false and maybe taken from Neil Kinnick. Anyway, his tweet continues.
3: Let's be absolutely clear about why prices are high right now. COVID and Vladimir Putin.
0: That's another dead giveaway. Whenever Joe Biden says, let's be absolutely clear, the next words that follow after the colon are just lies because it's COVID and Vladimir Putin. He's selling something and American people are just not buying it. And then he tries to blame trickle down economics. That's what you're not doing, dude. First of all, trickle down economics is a left wing term for,
3: you know, people keeping their own money. But Joe Biden says, the only way to get out of this thing is for me to spend the money. I'm going to spend more money. That's going to solve inflation. By ranga-janga-boonging at the janga Here we go.
2: I'm so tired of trickle-down economics. Are you? I, I never found that trickle-down on top of my head very much.
0: Really? Hold on. Hold on a second. That dude is worth like $12 million for being a lifetime useless garbage hole. Like, what? <laughs> it didn't trickle down. On, you're right. He's right. I mean, in a sense, it didn't trickle down upon him. It trickled up from his son picking up bags of cash in places like Ukraine and China. And suddenly, little Joey is buying wonderful houses based on credit card companies, giving him all sorts of sweetheart real estate deals in Delaware. He's he's impoverished, Joe Biden. Did you know this? Did you know that Joe Biden is impoverished? I bet you didn't know that. I'll bet you didn't know that capitalism has never worked for Joe Biden. Now, in a sense, he's right. Capitalism has never worked for Joe Biden because this has never actually created a job or done anything useful for his entire life. But I love him claiming victimhood at the hands of American capitalism. What, what a pathetic old codger. My goodness.
2: Pleasure of being listed as the poorest man in Congress for 36 years. I still had making a hell of a lot more money than anybody else because I was getting a senator's salary.
0: OK, so that that dude is, is so tiresome. So what is this administration left with? They've got a senile old president who cannot string together three sentences. They have a bunch of bad policy. So what they're now focusing it on is the trans kids. Okay, now let's be real about this. There are people with gender dysphoria. They are a minute percentage of the population. Then there are all the young kids whose parents are massaging them into identifying as gender non-binary and trans. Okay, the vast majority of kids who suffer from gender dysphoria, actual diagnosed gender dysphoria, end up growing out of it. Somewhere between 70 and 90% by all available studies. Now you have mass numbers of young kids are basically being Munchausen syndrome by proxy into believing that they're members of the opposite sex. And we're supposed to believe that we have to indoctrinate all kids from kindergarten on with the idea that they could be a member of the opposite sex. And if you don't go along with this, it's because you're very bad. This is the White House pushing this. So Jen Psaki yesterday, she broke down in tears over the idea that you shouldn't be indoctrinating six-year-olds with the idea they can be a member of the opposite sex. Here was Jen Psaki crying over this. I mean, forget about the killing of one million unborn children in the United States. Every year, forget about all that. She's crying over the fact that she, these public school teachers, they can't come out as trans pansexuals to their six-year-old students. She's crying over the fact that your small child cannot be indoctrinated by a bunch of woke leftists. I mean, that 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 is worthy of her tears. It's also it's also upsetting. Here's Jen Psaki.
1: This is a political wedge issue and an attempt to win a culture war, and they're doing that in a way that is harsh and cruel uh, to. A community of kids, especially I'm, I'm like going to get emo- Ugh, I'm going to get emotional about this issue because it's just it's horrible. But uh, but, you know, it's it's like kids who are bullied and th- th- like all these leaders are, are taking steps to hurt them and hurt their lives and hurt their families. And you look at some of these laws in these states and it is going after parents who are in loving relationships who have kids. It's completely outrageous.
0: OK, she's going to have to explain how bullying is now enabled by us not indoctrinating. You know what the kind of bullying that I'm worried about is? Adults telling kids that they can be members of the opposite sex. That's the kind of bullying that I'm afraid of. And I'm also afraid of governmental sponsorship of this and the White House telling people in states that they must be forced to gender transition their kids. Which, by the way, is what this administration would like. If this administration had its way, what they would like is that if you had a child who said, a five-year-old who said, I'm gender confused. That child should go to school. The, the teachers would not tell you. The teachers would, quote unquote, socially transition the kids. And then, as soon as humanly possible, we'd start giving the kids puberty blockers without parental consent. That is what this White House would like if they had their way. But you're the bully for saying no to that. You're the bully. And here's the thing. All of this is rooted in garbage science. It is rooted in a in a peculiar unwillingness to look directly in the face. The dangers of puberty blockers. And the, and the true dangers of gender, quote-unquote, transition. Good piece by Barry Weiss's sister, Susie Weiss, over at her Substack called The Testosterone Hangover. Quote, the Biden administration says transgender kids are entitled to gender-affirming medical care. These girls disagree. I have this intense rage in me over the harm that was done to me. When Chloe woke up from an, elect- an elective double mastectomy, she texted her mother in the waiting room. Booba gone. That was a little over two years ago. She was 15. Cutting off healthy breasts because you have a society that now promotes the idea that boys can be girls and girls can be boys. The typo was intentional, she told me recently. I thought it was funny. Is that a good thing? Her mom replied. Yes, Chloe texted back. I don't think that answer aged well, she said to me. Chloe, who lives in California's Central Valley, always hated her body. She spent a lot of time on Tumblr and learned words like pansexual and bigender. She remembers when she was 12, sitting on her bed thinking maybe I'm meant to live as a boy. By 2018, at age 14, Chloe was well along a path to what she imagined was boyhood. She was going by Leo. She was taking puberty blockers. Where are her parents in all this, by the way? Her mother was administering her weekly testosterone injections. Two years later, in early June 2020, she went under the knife. Chloe was the beneficiary of what transgender activists call gender-affirming care, which means all the adults in her life, doctors, nurses, social workers, teachers, parents, actively supported her decision to become the person she believed she was meant to be, even if that person required an elective mastectomy in high school or taking puberty blockers or injecting cross-sex hormones like testosterone. In this, Chloe is the poster child for the Biden administration's recently announced transgender policy. There is a growing chorus of young people, including Chloe, who had come to regret deeply the decisions they had made and the gender affirming care they had received. In the middle of this story are teenagers, who are largely going unheard by a government and medical establishment that's plowing ahead. I don't think gender affirming care helps kids like me, said Chloe. There should be more regard to alternatives in treating dysphoria, especially when it comes to kids. Helena Kirshner, 23 says, I thought testosterone would transform me from being short and pudgy to lanky and male, but in a graceful type of way, not muscly. Helena is from Cincinnati. She's one of the country's most prominent detransitioners. Growing up in Ohio meant Helena could only transition with parental consent, but she was 15. Her parents were definitely not on board. She wore boys' clothes and a breast binder and cut her hair short. The guidance counselor at a public school agreed with Helena. She was a man. She helped her make a budget for her transition and referred her to the school psychologist, who was even more gung-ho. Quote, I remember the psychologist saying, your mom is a transphobe and telling me about suicide risks. They had three or four meetings before inviting Helena's mother to have a conversation with both of them, which didn't go well. I had a ton of issues with my academics and my mental health. I never really got help with that. As soon as I was trans, it was all hands on deck. By the way, her mom is a doctor and her dad is an engineer. Days after she turned 18, Helena went to Planned Parenthood in Chicago. She saw a social worker, then a nurse practitioner, who immediately wrote a prescription for testosterone. During the first visit, Helena asked, how much can I take? Helena left the clinic with a prescription of 100 milligrams of testosterone. It took an hour. She never saw a doctor. Two days later, she was moving into her college dorm. Helena's family helped her move in. She made sure to hide the glass vials and needles from them. She started going by Vincent after her favorite anime character. She injected herself with testosterone weekly. The drug made her feel irritable and angry. It gave her a sex drive, a massive boost she called overwhelming. She began hitting herself. She once cut herself with a serrated kitchen knife, which landed her in a psych ward for a week. After a year and a half on testosterone, it also began to dawn on her that, quote, the reality I was living in was not lining up with the fantasy I'd had as a teen. Helena's roommate, also a trans man, shocking, made a video chronicling their friendship. It started the second day of college. It spanned a period of about a year and a half. It was supposed to be upbeat. But when Helena watched it, she saw herself becoming more despondent. Slowly, Helena realized she wasn't a boy. I mean, again, the, the fact that the White House is now saying that it's bullying to say no to this stuff is just insanity. So this has now taken center stage with regard to Disney. So Disney injected itself into this debate. The media bullied them, really. The media did the Taylor Swift silence his deafening routine, but with Disney. Disney has nothing. Disney is the biggest employer in Florida. Don't they have anything to say anything at all about the so-called "don't say gay" bill, and when I say so-called, I mean just the media calling it that for no reason. Don't they have anything to say? And Disney, because it's a cowardly company run by a bunch of pathetic, spineless, pusillanimous idiots, went along with this, and they immediately start. Well, you know, we do not. We don't like that bill. That bill's really bad, and we're not going to donate to anybody who supports bills like that. We're not. We're going to get deeply involved in politics. Well, now Ron DeSantis has come out, and he says, "You know what? Fine. You want to play this game? You buy, you buy the ticket, you take the ride." Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. So now, the state of Florida is moving to get rid of the special tax district in which Walt Disney World sits. Which, by the way, it's so funny, the left is so in favor of it. Like, in California, in California, if you're a publicly traded company, California's legislature attempts to set your board. Right? They say, if you operate in California, you're headquartered in California, they will literally attempt to tell you how many trans people and black people and minority people have to be sitting on the board of your company. But, If a company comes out and says, we are going to deeply invest ourselves in politics, and they've been getting special tax breaks from the state, and the party they're attacking says, no, 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 no more of this, that's really bad. You can't interfere with free enterprise that way. You can't. So what DeSantis is actually doing, he's getting rid of these tax tax districts for everyone in the state. Disney just happens to be, just happens to be, the largest employer hit by this. Florida lawmakers could take up a bill that ends the special tax district this week. Losing the special district would be a blow to Disney's operations in Florida. The provision exempts the company from a host of regulations, saves it tens of millions of bucks every year. In recent weeks, DeSantis has clashed with Disney over the company's opposition to the Florida Parental Rights and Education Bill. Initially, Disney remained silent. Now, Disney representatives are not responding to requests for comment. So it turns out, again, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You decided to get involved in politics. You got clocked in the face with a political two by four. Good, good. All you had to do was say, listen, we're not gonna get involved in these issues. We will get involved in issues that directly impact our business in the state of Florida, like for example, lobbying for a special tax district. But when it comes to bills like should K through three students be indoctrinated with sexual orientation garbage, then we're not going to uh, then we're not going to have any comment. That's all you had to say, but you guys are cowards, and so you didn't. According to one of the sponsors, Rep- Republican Representative Randy Fine, he filed a bill under which any special district established prior to the ratification of the Florida Constitution in 1968, not renewed since then, would be dissolved June 1st, 2023. That would include that entire massive area covered by Disney World. You kick the hornet's nest and things come up, said Mr. Fine. That's the risk Disney took. Correct. This is correct. You don't get to dip your feet in politics and then not have the alligator bite it off here in the state of Florida. Now, Jared Paulus over in Colorado, he's attempting to take advantage. I love this. He says, Florida's authoritarian socialist attacks on the private sector are driving businesses away. Oh, are they? Really? Florida's economy is growing. People's feet are taking them to Florida. And I noticed that Walt Disney is not actually talking about relocating Disney World. You know why it would cost too much money? Because they sunk a lot of resources in the state of Florida, and then they decided that they were going to get deeply involved in a political fight. There are consequences to that. And by the way, I don't trust Democrats or Jared Polis with the idea that they will remain apolitical. You know? Th- if you're, the, the businesses are, are leaving California and they're going to Florida and Texas. That is where they're going. I took, I know, I took a business from California to Tennessee and Florida. But says Jared Polis, it's authoritarian socialism now to get rid of special tax districts for specialized companies, giving them special tax breaks. Interesting definition of authoritarian socialism. Also, he's very uh, he's very angry with Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis came out and, uh, and he said that he is going to activate, he, he's going to look into Twitter's board of directors. He said that because Twitter has basically been attempting to stop Elon Musk's takeover. And uh, they're doing so on on the basis of politics. So DeSantis said, we're gonna try to hold Twitter accountable for breach of fiduciary duty. After all, people are being offered way more than the current stock price by Elon Musk. Here's Ron DeSantis yesterday.
1: The state of Florida and our pension system we have shares of Twitter. Uh, I didn't buy it. We have people that run the fund. But nevertheless, it hasn't exactly been great in returns on investment. It's been pretty stagnant for many, many years. Uh, so, But nevertheless, I mean, to me, I think that that's probably an injury to the fund. So we're going to be looking at ways that the state of Florida potentially can be holding these Twitter board of directors accountable for breaching their fiduciary duty. Again,
0: play stupid games, win stupid prizes, gang. And listen, I'm all for free enterprise. I love free enterprise. I'm probably the most free enterprise person in the country. When you play these games, you expect to get clocked. You don't get to, you don't get to become a force on behalf of the left and then expect people like me to stand in the way and protect you. Ain't gonna happen. All righty. We'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. In the meantime, go check out The Michael Moles Show that's available right now. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Help spread the word about The Ben Shapiro Show by giving us a five-star review and sharing the show with a friend. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out some of our other Daily Wire shows. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld, executive producer Jeremy Boring, our supervising producer is Mathis Glover, and our production manager is Pavel Wydowski, associate producer Bradford Carrington, editing is by Adam Saevitz, audio is mixed by Mike Coromina, hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Crand. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. The Washington Post doxes libs of TikTok. Ron DeSantis
2: threatens to end Disney's tax protection in Florida. And Joe Biden tries to reinstate
3: the mask mandate. Good luck. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show.